This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Yeah, they got really dirty. Um, I don't know why. Uh, we were playing hard. I, I guess they were playing hard too, but um, they were getting a little unnecessary. I think maybe the refs let it get a little out of control, but, you know, that's playoff hockey right there, so that's it. Connor Hellebach, not the flashiest uh, clip from last night, but I thought the most reasonable and most poignant cl- uh, clip of the entire post game here on 680 CJOB from what we heard from the Minnesota Wild. We're going to hear from them later. But it was like, yeah, they started getting dirty. And I really don't know why. That's how I felt. I was just like, what's going on all of a sudden? His tone is always yeah, I love it. his tone is always <laughs> like a six year old at daycare. I don't know where the cookies went. Um, I guess somebody must have eaten them, but oh well, I was hungry. I had a cookie, but I didn't eat all of them. But yeah. oh well, we're ready for lunch now, even though we've had cookies. And the Winnipeg Jets are in the postseason. They booked their ticket yesterday. And they took did. Took care it. of business. Uh, happy they did it last night and then didn't have to wait to see what happened on Thursday with oh. Nashville. Uh, you don't want to play with fire. You want to take care of business as soon as possible in a situation like this. Uh, but a three-one win, um, uh, as from from in, in an entertainment perspective, uh, a real entertaining hockey game. Um, I, I thought the Jets um, played real well. A little slow off the off the bat. I think they felt the moment a little bit, and then they they cooled off. And Adam Lyra with the big goal right off the bat uh, to get things going. And uh, as the game wore on, you get Shifley scoring, um, and then about. Eight and a half minutes left in the third. We're on the 10-minute mark. Around when Ryan Reeves uh, didn't get called for that boarding on um, on Dylan DeMello, uh, the game started to unravel. And that's when things started to get uh, rough and tumble there, Jim. Yeah. Um, well, and look, I, first I, and I, foremost. I, I, put the, I put the blame squarely. Well, first of all, for but, but it, 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 the officials are there to stop this from happening, to, to slow it down. And they just... They lost complete control of the game. First and foremost, Dean Evison looks like a stone cold. Killer. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to meet him in a back like a, alley. An evil guy in a James Bond movie. Oh, totally, Mister Bond. Do you want to come over here? <laughs> um, we'll get into that with him. But and if they went, just to clear yeah. the air, because people, this is on people's mind. If they went, I would have to think that Evison would win. But I'll promise you this, he'll know he was in a fight. <laughs> like, I think Bones would Bones would yeah. lift up a knee in a certain area and bite an ear and go, you know what? You want a piece of me? You got it. That's exactly right. Uh, I, I don't to, care if you I, win because you're going to feel this. Yeah. Um, so just to clear the air, that's, I think, what's on everybody's mind, right? Yeah. If those two took off the ties and decided to. Two step in the parking lot. I, I love when the coaches get into it. By the way, so I, I do mean, I. I. I like that sort and of thing. Look, this is gonna. I. I took a. I'm not even gonna say took a beating. I heard from it on Twitter. We're gonna get into the hit and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And and rightfully so. But to me, what's at the forefront of this is is a. Of course, they clinched. But the yeah. fashion in which they did it. They went into Minnesota mm-hmm. in a, a hostile barn against a very good team. They got a two nothing lead. A Connor Hellebuck needed to be Connor Hellebuck, and then they got he another one. They had spread out scoring from the depth. This team is, and and we're going to discuss this as we go forward on yeah. past Thursday's game and everything else. This team, it, it, it took too long. I'm not going to like. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. It took too long to get going like this. Mm-hmm. They lost too much of their mojo for too many weeks at a time. But this team, the last six games since the San Jose shutout is, is playing the kind of hockey that they could have won 
Uh, they could have 115 points to me, and if they weren't playing this way, I would be concerned. Mm-hmm. And I am still concerned. But they ne- they won this game the way they needed to do, and they clinched their playoffs. Bit, and it was about what I talked about yesterday, is they're playing the right way for this team to be successful, and that's what I saw last night. Yeah, and you know what? A big props up to the third line there with Appleton, who scored – one of the biggest goals of the year. He totally put the game out of Appleton, hand. Appleton, Lowry was I mean, huge game. We, I mean, you and I have talked about yeah. this, and I'm, I'm starting to hear some other chatter about it, and I'm not trying to blow our horns and, and pat ourselves ahead, on the back. please. But you and I have talked about this for the past two months, that in, in a lineup that needed some leaders to step up and go, I'll be a difference maker, I'll play better, Adam Lowry has led the way. Yep. Adam Lowry, from all the guys in the past two months, has been the guy. And it has nothing to do with him fighting Reeves last night. It has to do with how he's played, mm-hmm. how he's looked at what this team needs to get better at, and he's brought it into his own game. Um, he stepped up. That Appleton line is is clicking. Appleton's finding some confidence yep. it, that I think he's getting more and more comfortable. Well, it was such a scary is, injury for him, too. I mean, like you can't imagine somebody just comes yeah. right back from something like that just because they're right. on the ice. You know? Ehlers, too. I'll, we'll have to wait and see how he's doing. But I thought like yeah. his last game against Nashville was one of his best games as a Jet, not just this year. Mm-hmm. But he's looked to rounding into health. So we'll see come playoff time. And like I said, there's less thought. But they won the game first and foremost, and they did it in the fashion that they need to, and that's to keep playing the way they have been the last five or six, seven games. In an emotional match, in a game that got yeah. progressively more emotional as a as as a playoff game so will do, get. Do people still question who their biggest rival is? Like, is it oh, Nashville? No. No, is it Colorado? Because Colorado's in first. Is it? It always was and always will be Minnesota. Yeah, it will. Just it. It just is. And gee, I I actually think this, Jim. I think the Wild and the Wild fans in Minnesota. I think they hate the Jets more than the other way I've around. Been, I went there once. So I went there once uh, in a different life in a contest with some listeners and won a trip. Yeah. And so I went down there uh, the day of the game and got into the barn early and was walking around. Beautiful facility. Love it. But I can't wait to go to hockey. Yeah, yeah. I, I highly recommend yeah. it. Like, whether it's a Jets game or not, it's a great place to watch. And it's a great environment. Like, the concourse is huge. There's plenty of room to walk around and everything else. But they don't like the Jets. They're very happy the Jets are back. But every Minnesota hockey fan, and and we were, I was getting the gears throughout the game, and it was really good. Like, the, the, the people that were yeah. sitting in front of us were in their 50 season ticket holders. And they literally kept turning around and sticking it to us. But then, like, every intermission is like, so, you know, it's your sports reporter up there and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's just good to have you guys back in and stuff like this. But, you know, we're the home of hockey. We're the state of hockey. We hear about Michigan and we hear about Wisconsin, who's our neighbor and all mm-hmm. this. But they, like, and they don't like the Jets. And and it's in a good way. It's the same to me. The Wild and the Jets are the same to me as the Riders and the Blue Bombers. Mm-hmm. And and the proximity of it yeah. and how much there's disdain there for it. And and they don't like the Jets and they think the Jets are they're happy they're back. But this is two cities that <laughs> yeah. lost their NHL franchise, right? It's true. And then two cities that got them back and the proximity and everything else. They love the Jets fans that come down and watch the games and all that, but they don't like the Jets and they love the rival. And as Cameron Poitras has not gotten over the loss to the Golden Knights in the Western Conference final and never will, I'm sure the Wild fans are, have not gotten over that. <laughs> that first round beating that they took for the Winnipeg Jets. I would hold that for the rest of my life. I wouldn't ever let go of that. I'm not going yeah. to let go of it from the Habs. And, and like I said, like they, it wasn't gentle ribbing during the game. It was <laughs> in your face from 50 year olds, yeah. like a, a couple of couples that had season tickets. But at the end of the game turned around, I think, I think Minnesota, I can't, I think Minnesota, won, but turned around and said, have a good trip back, shook our hands. Yeah. And said, see you again. Well, they're still from Minnesota. They're like the nicest people ever. They're so, listen, like people, Manitobans and Minnesotans, I think are more similar than anyone else. 
I, I honestly believe that like North Dakota, well, yeah, Minnesota, of course they are, yeah. like we, I, I feel like we have more in common than even like, I mean, but there is a different culture there. Oh, well, without a doubt. Yeah. Like, so, but, but I mean, it's, it's great. It's good. Yeah. It's healthy in the fact that there's some disdain there and, and yet, so it was respectful, but it was like the, every time Minnesota scored, they were like, eat it buddy and stick it then. And I'm yeah. like, I'm just here covering. The I, I knew how, what the game was coming out when Ryan, when Ryan Reeves went out there after the Mason Appleton's goal and started running around and he got tangled up with Nino Niederreiter along the boards. And I said, all right, I said, I actually, my wife walked down and uh, she heard me yelling at the television, and I said, "This is what's going to happen. This is what's happening now. You know what I mean? It's just going to devolve yeah. into in, into this, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and and of course, it things got real bad after this, and uh, the hit the hit on Ehlers, which is a blatant interference call. Here was Hartman uh, after the game on the hit on Ehlers. I mean, I had the I, I have the puck, and um, I got to brace myself somehow when he's coming at me. Um, so had nothing to do with really much going on it's uh you know i had the puck and you know if, if i didn't touch the puck i wouldn't uh made an effort to brace myself okay let's just pretend that that that, that literally makes no sense doesn't st- doesn't Look, stand there's enough. nothing you're gonna hear here that they're gonna address that i totally predatorily <laughs> ran this kid yeah but that's what he did well but that's exactly and, what and this is the thing. Such, so- a, such a lame response to it. I mean, he's, he's never going to come out and say that, but to say that Nick Ehlers was coming, Nick Ehlers was chasing the puck is what happened. That's what was going on. It's a on. dirty, disgusting hit. And I'm not sugarcoating this. Those are That's a predatorial hit with no puck involved in it that you had a choice to actually try and play a puck that was closer to you than the player, and you suggested to sucker. You know a sucker punch? Yeah. Sucker hit a guy that couldn't see it coming and shouldn't have been hit at all. No. There's no contact involved in that play at all. It was dirty. It was predatory. And there's no matter what he tries to defend it with or Evanson deserves a, a suspension and a lengthy one for that. Yeah. He literally does. And, and this is where it comes into amongst the players. You have to respect each other more than that. Mm-hmm. You, you literally do. Ryan Reeves was a dirty hit too, and yeah. so was Neil Pionk's. Neil Pionk's yeah. cross-check was one of the dirtiest cross-checks I've ever seen, right in the ribs. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that good. That was called appropriately, and he's been fined for it. I would even, be five, on, five just to show dollars. you how unbiased I am, yeah. he should have got a game for that. You do not want cross-checks like that in the game. He should have got a game suspension for I, that. I wouldn't have, I would look at that and say it's a game, I'd have been okay. Like, yeah. I'd be like, it's, it's like, what, how else can so you So I'm not that? being biased here at all. That hit on Ehlers, you shouldn't be allowed to play for 10 games. And well, if he's okay, you should thank whoever you look above to that he is healthy and able to play in the playoffs. He was on the bench. He was celebrating with the guys in the locker room. So the extent of it, he's being reevaluated. We're going to know, we'll, we'll know more tomorrow during the pregame and, and the morning skate and stuff like that, uh, what the status of him uh, him is. He, I don't think he played again. I'm pretty sure about that. He did not go back on the ice, but he was on the, he did come back to the bench. Um, and then Ryan Hartman has a phone hearing still to come uh, on that interference penalty on Ehlers. Um, could be one game suspension, uh, could be more. So we're going to have to wait and and, and, and see uh, what happens there. Um and here's uh, here here was Evison uh, on uh, Ryan Reeves uh, uh, and and, uh, <laughs> and and Felino and those guys uh, on the ice there uh, at the end of the game with 30, 32 seconds left. It's a two goal lead. We got what thirty seconds left. We we always put our so called fourth line on the ice. Yeah, always put your fourth. I mean, they they still did net. The net was still empty too, Jim too as well. So, I mean, 
turn it around. Turn it around and say there's 30 seconds left. You're up 3-1, and Kaprizov and everybody's out there, and uh, you roll out. There's no one on the team. Like, it just – they don't have a guy like Reeves. Yeah. Um, they don't have a guy like – well, Felino is Adam Lowry. Yeah. Um, the thing I love about hockey and, and situations like this is what goes around comes around. And there's going to be a game, probably not against the Jets – that they're going to be in the exact same situation and one of their players got taken out and somebody's going to do that to him. Somebody's going to put a line out there that's going to go step up. I mean, that's what Rick Bonus was saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a tiny line out there and you're putting these guys or, or whatever. He goes, yeah. like, like Ehlers is half the size of Hartman. Um, so, look, it's it's old school hockey. Evanson's been around for a while. I mentioned yesterday I've known him back to his dub days, and that's the way he coaches, like old school hockey. Like this is, You know, his players seem to – like his players, they well, go for and him. And that's why Absolutely. he does it. Like he 100%. doesn't do it because that's who he is. Yeah. Well, it is, but he doesn't do it because that's the way he wants to coach. That He does it because his team fe- – that's the team he has. Yeah, that's why they traded for Ryan Reeves. Is that's the team they want to be? So that's what like and as we go to break here. That, that that's like on that initial hit from Ryan Reeves on uh, the boarding call that didn't get called on this on is Dylan DeMello. But I, I'll say this: I actually liked that the Jets didn't get tangled in because that was exactly the game the yeah. Minnesota Wild wanted them to go into. They didn't go into it and they kept playing. But Minnesota wasn't going to let that go, and then they had the interference call. And then at that point, it was that time. It was like, listen, we can't, we can't, we got to stand up now. It's not about anything else. Like if, if this is the way that these guys are going to play, that whole gotta, game gotta, was on the officials. And you know how I feel about officiating, and it's playoff time and all yeah. that. You call the Reeves hit on Demello, and you call it properly. It's controlled. You kick Hartman out with a five-minute major against Sealers. Pion's yeah. not cross-checking yeah. somebody, and yeah. it just I'm, officials are there to officiate the game and control it, and they lost control of it. They last totally week. lost control. We'll, we'll get to back. We got tons of text messages. Want to get to your guys' text messages? 204-780-6860. Got some got some gems in here. Uh, all those to come here. And hey, the Winnipeg Jets are into the playoffs. Whiteout parties, all that on the way. Still one more game left. Colorado, uh, the Jets there, uh, pregame at 5, puck drop at 7 tomorrow. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 6-8-CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hello. So Is that's your it, eh? tired? So, so that's it, eh? That's it. It's not us, it's you? Oh, my gosh. We're doing this now? I guess not. We'll wait till tomorrow. We'll do it Friday. Hi, sir. Welcome to Powerpool. <laughs> Jets made is the it, playoffs. You must be happy. No, it is happy. Yeah. Uh, you're not. <laughs> the first thing you know, I said when the Jets uh, clinched the playoff spot, I was like, wow, that really makes me happy because now, because Sarah McCarthy said she wanted to go to a whiteout party. She's never been to one before. I know. And she I'm said it's happy. And then I saw the email this morning. Oh. Just like any relationship, when the times are flying high and everybody's feeling good and the doubles are rolling and the team's winning and... <laughs> Sarah's two fisting at games and racking up points. <laughs> no one sees this coming, right? Yeah. No one expects it. Uh-huh. Congratulations on uh, the promotion to the Thank morning, you. to the new morning, yeah. uh, the new morning anchor. Congrats, Sarah. Really, Do you really? You're actually going to be stuck with me more in it's the early true. morning. You're going to get early morning cam, which I might know. not be better. Early morning cam. Oh no. Yeah. I don't know. What about yes. early morning, Sarah? It'll take some getting used to, but, but we're yeah, still, I'm excited. So when, so good. you're going to stick around for an extra hour so we can keep the segment going, right? <laughs> I don't know. All good things have to come to an end <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I thought I could, I thought I found a 
I can't do this. Couple power plays to go still. Don't worry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we'll be okay. okay. Yeah, okay. That's a yeah. We're better off as just uh, call, <laughs> colleagues <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, congratulations. Thank For those you. wondering, Sarah McCarthy, as Cam just said, is our new morning sh- radio news uh, anchor, uh, taking over for Jeff Braun, who's also moved mm-hmm. up the ladder yeah. here. Yeah. Moving into so Sarah will be in the position. mornings, and uh, I, I understand, and this is just a rumor, Sarah, mm-hmm. you can confirm or not, okay. that you said you would take less money to move off this time <laughs> slot. Yeah, you know, I just complain <laughs> so much. If you can get me away from this power play, play. <laughs> I will work for less than if you get me on the mornings. Yeah. So oh, I, that was a bold move by you. <laughs> Shrewd. But we will miss you, but we're extremely happy for you, and it's well-deserved. Yes, thank you both so much. I'm excited. And so, for, yeah. so all of you millions of listeners who have loved the power play, we <laughs> will, it will cease on Friday. Friday will be the last one. And for the two people who can't stand this, you got your wish. Perfect. Thank <laughs> Perfect. you very much. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, chat tomorrow, guys. Right, That's care. your one-minute power play with Sarah Slay McCarthy. Not going to be the same. Who will now be coming to you from 6 till noon on 680 CJOB, the Superstation. Very soon, very soon. Uh, thanks thanks so much, everybody, for texting the show, 204-780-6868, uh, 204-780-6868. We got so many um, text messages here. Let's Let's roll through some of these here, Jim. Um, Everson, uh, Dean Everson, uh, head coach of the Minnesota wild is like the Atlantic Icelandic coach from the second mighty ducks movie. <laughs> I always thought it was so lame that it was Iceland. That was like the big hockey nation. It's I, such a Hollywood. Like, it was like, Oh, well, who, who's the best at hockey there's three Iceland. places in the world? They play hockey, Canada, Iceland, and the North pole. <laughs> I always thought it was so lame. And they always said, like, Canada was like, they rolled past Canada. To, it was like a, they didn't even show them. It was like yeah. a newspaper. I always thought that was a, they got, um, they got cheated out of that. Also that Emilio Estevez, as talented as he is, was some kind of dynamic scorer. He yeah. would be a third line grinder. At well, you know what? And the thing is, is, you know what? He had to be taught a lesson about, you know, he had to, he had to relearn hey, what coaching was all about. Instead of a power play now, starting next week, we could just pick out hockey movies and just <laughs> what was absolutely it with, dissect What was it them. with his hair? As soon as his hair went back, yeah, he combed his hair back. It's like his total attitude changed. If you're an evil hockey coach or villain <laughs> in a James Bond movie or anything, like I don't, I, all this slick back grease hair, I don't, that's the evil hair, right? Like I don't think evilness takes time to do their hair. Yeah. I don't think they go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to, you know, get rid of Mr. Bond and I'm going to beat this crappy hockey team. Yeah. But f- before I do, I'm going to Grecian formula my hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think it happens. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it does. You know, I've never been in that world of like evil. Like villainy. the Unabomber wasn't well kept. Well, yeah. It's like, but you know, like from a diabolical aspect, like the Unabomber, he's trying to create chaos, but like a diabolical villain, maybe he's yeah. into that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess. Remember the guy with the wonky eye in the one James Bond movie, the Casino Royale or whatever? A great movie. And he was gambling and stuff. I used to think that too. I'm like, oh, you'd have a tux and stuff, but I don't know if the you Shifra. would sit. Because do evil geniuses sit in mirrors and go, oh. And there, his eye was bleeding too. Like, yeah. Bleeding like, eyes. I think you'd be looking in the mirror and go, is my eye bleeding? Is Should I wipe it? I wouldn't be like, I got to put more of this product in my hand. Yeah, I'm just going to sit here with a uh, constantly dab it. Anyways, anyway. uh, more of these text messages. Adam, yeah, perfect. Adam Lowry, in my mind, has been wearing the C for most of the year. Last night he stepped up uh, like normal from him. That from Mike Amata. So about Lowry is the heart and soul of the team. He deserves the C. Well, you know, they, this is going to be a conversation. I don't know. Do you think the Jets are going to be passing out a C next year? Is it something that they're looking to do or they're going to keep it with the A's? Well, to me, it depends on the offseason. 
Yeah. So, uh, like, we all, we don't have to go down this road right yeah. now, but we all know the contracts and who may be here, who might not. I think the C will be handed out when Blake Wheeler's no longer on the team. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, this one. What would have happened if e- if that Ehlers hit was on McDavid? All heck would have broken loose. After another text message. Yeah. Look, it was it was a, a gong show. It was out of control. I blame a lot of it on the officials. Um, and that's the part of this game that gets emotional. Like, if that is called, you're still going to be upset with the Reeves hit on DeMello or that hit. But if it's called appropriately, Hartman gets five and it's a game. You spend the next five minutes on a power play. Yeah. No one's going to do anything retaliatory or anything like that. You blew that call. Mm-hmm. You and, and then you started giving some two minutes here, two minutes there, and a two-minute advantage. Well, in, in, the minute that two-minute power play runs out, it's war. And that's on the officials. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying the officials have to stop the war, but if they control the game, it doesn't start, in my opinion. There's lots of time. I mean, if it, you give Hartman five in a game, I think the game just ends. There's so many times, like, I mean, like hockey and soccer is so different, but in soccer, when uh, a ref loses control of a game, it, it the game completely goes out of out of whack. Like, I mean, the, the official is there to I officiate the game. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I, like, I grew up playing soccer. and very, that, That's a game with when a ref starts blowing calls. That Soccer goes out of control quicker than any essential. other sport. It's yeah. essential. Yeah. And I wasn't a chirper and fortunately played at a very low level and contributed nothing to college soccer. But when I played it, like, that's the things you would hear on the field all the time is within 10 minutes, somebody gets a bad slide tackle. And if it's not a yellow, yeah. all of a sudden down, up and down the field, you're looking at the ref going, that's on you, man. Like mm-hmm. you've got to control that or else I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, no, no, no. And then it just goes back and forth until it gets out of control. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened last night. Now the Reeves on DeMello should have been called. Yes. But it wasn't refs miss thing. I understand that they're human. It, see, but yeah, but, but the hit they, on Ehlers is yeah. five in a game and the Jets spend the next five minutes on the power play and whether they get a goal or two goals or not, then Minnesota comes off the five minute penalty kill and tries to get back into it with the momentum they gained from killing it off. And the game progresses for, for five, six, ten minutes. And, and, you know, plays get missed. The Jets moved on from it. And, and it was just like the fact is, but that's what Minnesota wanted to do. That's the game they wanted to play. They were down. They were obviously frustrated because they couldn't score. They had a bunch of posts. Hellebuck made uh, several outstanding saves. And they decided that that, that was what they were going to do. They, that's how they're going to get in the heads of the Winnipeg Jets and get back in the game in the third period. Um, this one, I, I don't agree with this text, but I always appreciate you guys texting. Pionks was a pure textbook lacrosse check. I know I played a high level of lacrosse. I agree with you guys. He deserved to be punished. It's oh, not I, lacrosse. I, 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 missed, I, I missed it up. He said, I agree with you guys. He deserves to be punished. I missed that part. Um, it's, it's amazing the number of cross checks that go on in hockey. Okay, so I, have, I misread that. On remember the start of the year? Brendan Dillon, light yep. little cross check to the back. It's called. They told that they, they did that the, for like a week and a half, and they gave up on. That's it. the one thing they wanted to get out of the game. Now, look, I'm not sugarcoating this either. That's a that's a dirty cross check from Pionk up in the ribs like that. Yeah, and it's it got five games and a and a fine, and I would be fine with five the suspension. Minutes. The difference between that and the Hartman hit is Pionk is reactionary. He's in a battle there, and he does something dirty and bad, and he shouldn't have done it. Hartman is predatory. Hartman made a clear decision to light this guy up, knowing that he didn't see him and that he didn't have the puck. Mm-hmm. It's not interference. It's a predatory hit. Well, that's exactly what happened. The interference speaks to the fact that there's no reason he should be doing that. He should not have any contact with Ehlers there. 
That's the interference part of it. Absolutely. You shouldn't even be looking to make that hit, let alone do it. Absolutely. We couldn't agree more. Um, This texture says the refs didn't lose control. They were biased and chose to miss calls on the wild. Uh, Those fights happened because they were not making the calls as they were. Uh, The hit into into the glass with the head. Holding calls were ridiculous as well. I hope they do not get an opportunity to ref uh, for the playoffs. That from a uh, very uh, animated and upset texture, but I appreciate that one. Well, what'll be fascinating out of this is the memos that go out to the officials from the league prior to the playoffs. Yeah. It really will. Because we're gonna get into games and there's gonna be a series that's one one and somebody's gonna get up by four goals, somebody's gonna do a hit, and like how they officiate that. Mm. Will be interesting. Hi guys. So when and how the fight between Lowry and Reeves was arranged? Was it just when Reeves came out in the last thirty-five seconds? Your opinions are most welcome. Thanks. That was well, here's what happened in my opinion. Like Adam Lowry's not looking to fight anybody. He's no. looking for the game to end. He's going there but to win a Reeves face-off. was put out, and Reeves knows when he's playing in the last minute of the game. There's a reason. Yes. So Reeves is chirping Appleton, and Appleton's talking back to him, and that's when, like, it's not that Lowry dropped the gloves. It's that Lowry stood up for his teammates and Appleton. He's like, no, no. If you want to do this, you don't go to Mason Appleton. You come to me, mm-hmm. and you know that Ryan. And Ryan said, okay just like in Vegas a couple of years ago. But that's why it happened is Dean Everson sent Ryan Reeves over the board and he lined up with Appleton and kept asking him to go. And Adam Lowry heard that and saw it and said, you don't ask Appleton, you ask me mm-hmm. and stepped up. Yeah, that was great stuff. Uh, this uh, texter, there's a couple, actually we got like three or four text messages for Anthony Peluso. A uh, couple of them here. Go Jets, go. Sure wish we had a guy like Anthony Peluso last night mixed with the ability to play a little hockey. Enjoy the whiteout. That one from Rennie. And uh, Bones should have put out his... Well, this one, this text. What about this one? Um, I was reading this one, and Bones should have put out his smallest lineup for the last 30 seconds and see who Reeves would have picked on uh, to make Lowry, who's your best defensive center and penalty killer, fight King Kong. Uh, was uh, you're not put, that was so was in, was in my mind so wrong. You're not putting out that, your smallest line because you're up three one and you're putting out your top six. Then, you, you, what are you just gonna not challenge them? Like you're just gonna throw like, guys out there I, to get bullied for thirty five seconds? You gotta he, stand up. You put your fourth line or your third line out at, at that time of the game, and I think the fourth line was out the line the the series before that. So you put your third line out. Yeah. Like he's trying not to. He's trying to be classy in my mind. He's not putting his number one line out there and trying to get an empty net goal. He's putting out his third line to make sure you guys don't score. Like it's being the yeah. the 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 sportsman like of it. I could put out my top line who's rolling tonight and bury you for another empty net goal, or I can put out my third liners and just try to have them end this game. And what did Everson do? Mm-hmm. Did he put out with his goalie pulled? Did he put out his top line to try and get a goal to make it three two? No, he put out his fourth line to try and do something. And when he speaks about it in the post game, these shenanigans and this dirty, own what you did. Absolutely. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Uh, Colorado final game of the season coming up tomorrow. Pre-game at five. Puck drop at seven right here on 680 CJOB before we get into the playoffs. Now, here's the big question, Jim. Yes. Who would you rather play? There's only two teams left, Ooh. Vegas or Edmonton. This is great, though, but... I kept this always comes back at this time when games like this happen in the playoffs were around. Imagine if Dustin Bufflin was on the team. Wow, I was saying that to you even yesterday because I was watching. I, I don't know if somebody on Twitter uh, posted a bunch of like his best moments in the playoffs. Um, if Dustin Bufflin is on this roster and Ehlers gets hit like that, I, if I was Dean Evanson, I would not put my top six out for the rest of the game. 
Because he would, not yeah. in a headhunting way, or dare, he would make them pay every time they touch the puck. Absolutely. You, the, the Jets have been missing that. Uh, uh, well, the thing is that we always talked about when he was on the, when he's in the NHL still, there's one and only Dustin Bufflin. He's not, he's an irreplaceable player. He has been and he always will be. I mean, he's so unique in, in all that response. So let's come back, though. Who would you rather play, Vegas or Edmonton? Texas Show 204-780-6868. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, with the Winnipeg Jets now off to the postseason officially yesterday with that 3-1 win over the Minnesota Wild and a rough and rowdy affair, two teams remain that the Winnipeg Jets could play in the playoffs. They're going to have to go through the Pacific. That's that's already been that's already been decided. A win over, uh, and it's either going to be against the Vegas Golden Knights or the Edmonton Oilers. Both teams they've already played in the playoffs over the last little bit here. Um, a win or an overtime point for Vegas over Seattle tomorrow would clinch first in the West for the Golden Knights, which would mean the Winnipeg Jets would go to Vegas. Uh, for the Oilers to get first place, they would need to win against the Sharks. In any fashion, they hold the tiebreaker, and for Vegas to lose uh, outright, and so that's that's how this that's how this is going to happen. Who here, would you so. prefer, Vegas? Or prefer who yeah, a better matchup. I mean, I mean, it's like there's such a it's such I, I, and I say this understanding that when you start hoping or wishing for teams uh, who you want to play, who you think is a better matchup. I mean, a lot of the times it doesn't end up being uh, a good idea. Um, but I would say, um, based on how Edmonton has played over their last 15 games, I think they're on a nine game winning streak right now. Um, they are absolutely, uh, fierce at this moment. I think they still have some issues. Like I think most teams do. I don't think there's a completed team as say Colorado. Um, but, uh, Edmonton is, is they're stone cold stunners right now. And, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, I, I, I think I, I don't like their goaltending. Uh, um, Matthias Ekholm has really solidified their back end big, like more than I could even have imagined. Um, so I, if I had to pick, if I had to pick, I would say, I would say Vegas. I think the Winnipeg Jets match up better against Vegas. And I think that Winnipeg Jets are a team, uh, that if they get really good goaltending from Connor Hellebach, uh, can, can take it to Vegas. I think, I think it's a series they could win, um, in five or six games. I so believe, I agree I with that. you. And here's why I think the Vegas golden Knights right now are the Edmonton Oilers of two years ago when the jets swept them. Now I know the four games was a sweep, but I didn't think it was a sweep. They were all one goal games, I believe in a triple overtime, uh, a gut punch from Kyle Connor. But so, and what I mean by that, they are top heavy. They have Jack Eichel. If Mark Stone comes back in, that's too legitimate. That's your, not to the degree of McDavid and Dreisaitl, but that's their two high-end players that you have to contain. Um, Marsha shows a good player. Riley Smith, uh, Chandler Stevenson, uh, Ivan Barbashev is a good addition for them. Brett Howden, um, Keegan Colazar. Go down the list here. Yeah. So, But they look like top six versus top six. I think there's a little bit more depth in the Jets' top mm-hmm. six than the Vegas Golden Knights. And then the bottom six for them is good. Phil Kessel's in there and stuff. But I think the way the Jets' bottom six are going, they match up well with them too. The defense I like, Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore McNabb, mm-hmm. Zach Whitecloud, um, I, I think that's a, a slight edge for them over the Jets' overall six D-men. But I still think the Jets match up well there. And then the goaltending, I that's give not to, even close. I give to Connor Hellebuck. The Oilers um, are rolling, 
And for a team that needed some depth desperately, they've now gotten it with Evander Kane and Kyler Yamamoto has come around to the fact that they can play him in the top six now. They're playing exceptional hockey and they are rolling. And Ekholm has changed that defense. I still think the Jets have a better overall defense, but Ekholm has changed that defense and made them a legitimate contender. And in goaltending, I still give Hellebuck the difference, but Stuart Skinner is saving the, the Oilers this year. And if they had played Stuart Skinner from the start, which they're not going to because they paid Jack Campbell all that money and he's yeah. the first year. But if they would have rolled with Stuart Skinner, I think we're good. So I think they match up well against the Golden Knights, and I think they match up well with the Golden Knights like they did the Oilers two years ago. But the Oilers of two years ago are much more deeper. I also prefer if the Edmonton Oilers play the Los Angeles Kings because I really like the Kings. And I think I like that's, the a team, too, yeah. that's a team that I think is really, really wound up for the playoffs. And I think that that team... Uh, could do a lot more damage to Edmonton than perhaps maybe the Winnipeg Jets. And then, hey, yeah. see what happens in the second I, I, round. I'm not trying to disparage Vegas. I think it would be a good 50-50 toe-to-toe series mm-hmm. with a couple edges to the Jets. But overall, it'll be a good series. The Oilers, I don't know, like the Oilers, they beat Colorado last night. Yeah, they did. In you overtime, know, it was team. a close game. But they 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 seem to have gotten the depth they needed, and they are rolling. Pre-game at 5, puck drop at 7, Colorado, the Jets wrapping up the regular season. Then... Playoffs. Jim told to take you all the way to 3 o'clock. Thank Playoffs. you very much, Jeffrey Forte. We're going to open the phones for Jets fans first half hour. Opening up the phones. Give us a call, 204-780-6860. Well, not me. I'm out of here. See ya. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB.